recording. This is the day before Mother's Day in Mexico, and we're recording the intro to the San Carlos Computer Club from May 3rd. Exactly a week ago. May 3rd, 2022. I am your host, Scott Stimson. And I am the sovereign of technologia, mass mix moss, Emily Stimson, the favorite child, maker of bracelets, baker of brownies, breaker of hearts, finisher of homework, apprentice laptop tech, keeper of fools, mythology enthusiast, shapeshifter, waffle, waffle child, witch. This is the intro for the last meeting, which was last week, and we've got to get it done because, well, Emily and I are taking off to Alaska at the end of this week. Yeah! So this evening, we're going to take Emily's mom and Emily's mom's mom to see the new Doctor Strange movie tonight as an early celebration for Mother's Day. Woo! That's what we I... love Doctor Strange so hot! <laughs> what we love is moms that appreciate comic book movies. Yeah. <laughs> Thank moms. Thank you, mommy. <laughs> but we're also running around trying to put together some surprises. So we're uh, trying to come up with some goodies for the moms for tomorrow. That's the other thing that we're doing is a breakfast for the moms we're tomorrow, aren't we? Breakfast for the moms tomorrow. It'll be it'll be fantastic. We love waffles. We're we're gonna waffle away in the morning. Today is for finding Mother's Day gifts, and tomorrow is for Mother's Day breakfast. Okay, roses have thorns. There's there's a whole bunch of fucking metaphors that you can make with that. Wonderful. Well, unless they were genetically engineered not to have thorns. No one, listen. Just, Are there, just, they're just, thornless. Hey, hey, Elon Musk, don't genetically engineer uh, roses to not have thorns anymore. Well, and since Emily said Elon Musk, I guess we've reached the end of this intro. <laughs> Once again, I am Scott Stimson, your host. A maker of, maker of bracelets, baker of brownies, breaker of hearts, hater of Elon Musk. You're adding that? I'm adding that. Hater of Musk. Go um, ahead. I am. Sovereign of Technologia, Mass Makes Moss, Emily Stimson, the favorite child, maker of bracelets, baker of brownies, breaker of hearts, hater of Musk, finisher of homework, apprentice laptop tech, keeper of fools, mythology enthusiast, shapeshifter, waffle child, witch. I want to say that I'm totally in favor of your new title. There's a whole bunch of Twitter users that are coming over to Tumblr, and now we're all just trying to, like, just desperately trying to make sure they don't just destroy the ecosystem. You have to reblog, okay? Listen, I have, like, 18 followers, and, like, I only have 18 followers because I've blocked, like, a bunch of people who didn't, who haven't reblogged anything because they are bots. And then I saw a post, hey, by the way, Twitter users, if you don't reblog anything, we're gonna think you're bots and just gonna block you. And I'm like, they were people? They're people. I did not know they were people. They didn't do anything. The bots were people. They were just liking. You have to reblog things on Tumblr. It's the only way artists get recognized. Alright, likes don't do anything. Likes don't do anything. That's Emily and Scott coming to you live in this intro to say, likes don't do anything. Likes don't do anything. Reblog. And until next Tuesday, tech on. Tech on. Oklahoma, New Mexico, and going on up are experiencing the highest inflation rates. What gets me is uh, I live in L.A., and the refineries are there, and the gas is more expensive. There's no delivery premium there. Well, I think the problem there is, the, the first of all, the state tax that's added to the gasoline plus the special refining requirements for the state of California. All of that yeah. drive up the price of gasoline. Well, I'll tell you, though. <laughs> that's an Alaskan complaint. I did 20, uh, 40 years ago. You know, that's an Alaskan complaint. All the oils from Alaska, well, and we sure typically pay and the highest prices here, here for gasoline. It's very nice also. Except for what blows in from California. <laughs>
Well, you know, <clears throat> the worst place is like Bakersfield because it's at the end of the valley and the smog from the Bay Area floats oh, down. Let me the get this document out. In Bakersfield, or for um, country. For I don't, I don't think anybody's there. hearing me because I've got my microphone off, but I think I've got all the technical difficulties worked out of my system, at least for this moment. How's everybody doing? We are <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I, I was bemoaning inflation. I was going to comment that that's an Alaskan complaint that you have. We we typically feel like most of the, the uh, oil is coming from Alaska and we pay some of the highest prices for it. And it has to do with refineries and politics and the kind of oil and where the refineries are. But because of best price solutions, we end up with very expensive gas. Well, the I, idea of the United States being self-sustained with petroleum sounds good, but the oil companies are going to sell us the fuel at the world price anyway. So it doesn't matter if they were swimming in gasoline or, or crude oil, they would use the hundred dollars a barrel or whatever it is okay i've just put in our in-call well, messages a link to the document poor, you know. i'm trying to remember if okay. cheryl and bill told me they weren't going to be available oh there they are hello cheryl we're just getting started this is the oh, san carlos cheryl. computer club i'm scott stemson from international computer solutions your interminable host of these meetings which will continue throughout the summer season hopefully not not distracting me from from the main work i'll be doing good to see everybody good morning good morning i just stuck a link to our document uh, i just hold on a second i just I realized just, uh, that i have a monitor uh, on that i want to turn off <coughs> hang up all right that was alexa i had alexa connected to my my kitchen alexa listening to the other part of the house hey nobody okay, asked you, you for you that you see my picture alexa that's with stop. the camera it's part of my that's part of part of my my uh, computer, and this is my uh, store-bought camera. That's a that's a really good comparison of quality of cameras available. We're here. This is the San Carlos Computer Club. We're online finally. I am Scott Stimson again, back, less distracted with techno his own technical problems. And I have sent out a link to the document of possible topics, which I don't know whether we're going to focus that much on or not. It's kind of a, a strange morning to, to wake up and watch what's going on with the, the Supreme Court. But we'll try and focus on tech topics today. Um, I've come with a couple of my own topics, like I've mentioned before. You guys are very welcome to share your own topics. Uh, any questions or follow-up or experiences that people would like to share, please uh, take a moment now. I hope people can hear me out there. I'm noticing internet problems on my end. I see Paul nodding, so I hope that... You were going to get together with Linda. Say that again, Chester. You were going to get together to Linda to... Weren't you going to get together last week with Linda to transfer information from one computer to another? You know, it seems like I'm Linda mentioned yeah, mentioned something about getting a hold of me to do that, but I haven't heard from her since was it last week? Yeah. I, last week. So I'm not sure. I, I, I suspect that both of us put it out of our minds because neither one of us tried to communicate with each other. <laughs> and she's not here today. So I, that might be follow-up for next week. Team. What was that, Cheryl? I, I see that David Anderson is here. Um, David, when we were talking with Linda about the transfer of her information and I was monitoring the meeting, I missed the two links that you shared with us that day. Uh, the one was about um, partitioning 
thing, like to check your partitioning, I think was the word that you, you called, or compartmentalizing. And the other one was to check, uh, you know, what, I don't know, how much uh, is being used by each of the different programs on our computers. If you can share those links with us again. I'll put them in the document if you've got them there, David, if you're with us, David. Oh, there he is. Yeah, you were somewhat breaking, yeah, you were somewhat breaking up. The second question was, um, I think you were referring to the graphical display of all your files on your system that I found really useful because that way you can delete things that you don't really want that are very large and easily find them. Um, let me think of what the name of the silly program is because I use it in streaks. Space Sniffer. Space Sniffer, right. Is the one I use all the time. And you don't use it very often. You use it when you say, okay, how come this, you know, my disk is getting so full and I'm not sure why and suddenly something jumps out at you like you've done a copy of some files accidentally that, uh, you know, take up a huge amount of space. What was the other? I forget what the command was, but haven't done it in years. Well, it's totally unnecessary with an SSD drive. Are you talking about yeah. defragging and uh, scan disking? Yeah, defragging, and it's, it really defragging. didn't help much. Yeah, you were talking about well, uh, yeah, defragging. Defragging was critical in data recovery. So if you kept a defragmented drive, there was a better chance of recovering from a data loss situation. But as far as performance, as drive got more mature the uh the technology got more mature drives would lay out data mostly at the at its most performative level and so sometimes defragging would actually slow down a drive yeah yeah defragging is designed for batch applications that read huge files continuously um, most customers and you know particularly all the businesses everything is random and defrag is just the opposite basically of what you want you want stuff scattered it all over so you can find it faster, particularly if you've got a lot of disks or fancy ones that can independently do things of each other. Um, I guess the other thing, Chester, I was mentioning is partitioning. I'm a big fan of everyone creating a partition for just your data and ha leave the original partition for just the operating system and all its junk so that your data is much easier to back up and you can do different things and even separate different partitions for different types of back. For example, I basically have one that partition that things change fairly frequently, like it's my email, it's my uh, financial stuff. And I have another partition that basically contains all the stable stuff, like stuff I download of all the programs I install. So if I want to reinstall them, I can just go back to that down download I've already done. And I hardly ever back that one up in comparison. And then the third thing enough of, which is a very good backup of individual files every time you change it and you schedule how often when you run it like hourly it does anything you've changed in the last hour so david are you using a third-party program for that or are you using the built-in windows file history backup file history is part of microsoft windows yes it's been there since i think windows 8 windows 8 and yes works very well you can configure what you want want to exclude so that's what you're um, using finding the big space differ is i'm using that space differ is free third party um partitioning i use a free third party program called ease us partition master i believe it's called much, much easy -E -E partition master it's a great partition program in comparison to 
Microsoft's because you get a visual view of things. You can easily, let's say, add to one end of the file or the other of the partition. Where in Microsoft, you go through all these steps and things that are very difficult. And this is just an easy to use freebie to do it. Yes, E-A-S-E-U-S. Relatively, any few times. Oh, small. So I changed the size of the two partitions very easily by reallocating space so things can run a little faster. Hey, Mom. I hope people can still hear me. I'm just having horrible problems with my computer. <laughs> it's, I'm the computer guy. I need a new computer to do everything I want to do. It's, uh, it's just not happening. I've had to shut down all my notes. In fact, I'm about to pull them up on my phone because I want to be able to talk to you guys freely and openly. And I'm so distracted by the uh, technical problem that I'm having over here that uh, I need to have more than one device going, I guess. So what Dave's talking about are partition programs that are out there to use instead of Windows provided. And I've always used Partition Magic, which is a very similar program. What I've noticed recently is features have been missing from, from these programs. And so they've, they've pulled things out that I've become accustomed to being able to use uh, for free and added them to their, their premium their premium offerings. In fact, the last time I had a, a, a partitioning job where we were switching from a spinning disk to a to an SSD, uh, I, I just about bought a piece of software because there wasn't there wasn't the features I needed to create the drive in the manner that that I'd uh, become accustomed to. And I I actually looked at the the program that Dave's recommending, and it also lacked the ability to do what I wanted to do without buying the premium version. They're, they're all excellent. Excellent. It's just interesting to get to this point in this technology and these features that you used to just be able to go out and find very easily have been sort of sucked up and put into the premium versions of these softwares. And Windows offers the most rudimentary of these things. And, and things like, it would be like um, transferring from a large drive to a smaller drive. Uh, transferring boot partitions, encrypted boot partitions, things things of that nature, which are made easier by a, uh, a, a, a program designed for that kind of stuff, like partition magic. I, I like Dave's suggestion of having a separate... Another interesting technical thing that's happening. Yeah. I was, Dave, I was just going to comment again. technical thing I think that's going to be horrible that's happening. Okay. Oh, I just, I was just going to comment on your suggestion of having a separate partition. Oh, okay. And the technical thing happening is that I was just talking to people where they're releasing software, so not waiting for two weeks to release changes to their software, which means that more and more users are going to be getting software that has full of bugs because they'll never have a chance system test if they're releasing software three times a week rather than every other week. And that seems to be an industry trend, this person was telling me. Oh. Yeah, that. Yeah, we should be just expecting updates all, all the time now. We, we which seems to be the, the flavor of an Android device or an iOS device. But you feel it in those devices because you're getting it from third parties. You're talking about Windows updates, right? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, this particular development was a Windows develop did produce the code both on Windows and an Android. And they were doing it for both. Yeah, I wanted you know, to go back is, to your you suggestion. Beat the competition, so by beating the competition. 
Oh, what did he go back? Wow, I must be having lots of problems over here. Sure doesn't look like I'm having problems on this other computer, but this one is giving me lots of problems. I'm sorry, Dave. We keep talking on top of each other. I, I hope I can still be heard. I I just wanted to go back to your reiterate your suggestion of the partition for your data, which I think is very valid, slightly complex for your normal person to deal with. And I would like to add to that, that recommendation that maybe what you want to do is get one of these uh, USB drives that are low profile that are 128 to 512 uh, uh, gigabyte sizes, like half a terabyte. We're going to very quickly have terabyte drives like that. They're just not economically. I mean, the, the ones I'm describing now are easily under $100. And you could just slide that into a USB slot using USB 3 or higher. They're, they're fast enough. All your data could reside on that partition and you could and, and you forego the the complexity of partitioning your hard drive yourself or relying on one of these three third-party programs to partition it for you, and you eliminate the risk of inadvertently restoring your computer and wiping out the partition that has your data on it, which is always the fear with all these devices because you're all on the same partition. The uh, they, And it is more safeguarded having a separate partition like Dave is suggesting but then when you're setting up Windows again or you're doing a, rest a restore Windows again, you still have the option to wipe out that other partition. Whereas with a USB drive, you would just unplug it and go about your business with the device. What I really do is even more complicated and I wouldn't recommend almost anyone doing it. I have partitions on my PC for the stuff I really use and I can just take my PC and go with me. However, there's other things like backup and my file history. Uh, I want to make sure it's not on the same physical drive, so it's on a remote drive, you know, and I don't plug it into my PC. That USB drive is plugged into my router because when I'm at home, all that stuff is being backed up automatically onto my router, this drive, rather than onto mine. Now, that gets it, the complications of you got to be able to configure your router a little bit. Yeah, well, and understand the file sharing aspect of it as you're adding that storage device. It's a network storage device that you've created when you do that, and you're adding that to your right. your device as a medium for storage. And so it's a little it's a little complicated there too. Mm -hmm. So you've got both the router config and your your yeah. device's configuration. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. File history must be on a separate device. So it can be a USB just plugged into your PC, which is the yes. only way to do it. Yes. But this, what you're describing with having a hard drive or a storage media plugged into a router, I became popular 10 years ago, maybe. It was something that, that what you're doing is you're creating a network-attached storage, but you're doing it for yourself. There are, there are network-attached storage devices out right. there that will walk you through setting up the same same style of device and it, it is a good way to to keep your your data um 
fenced off from the internet. I mean, in terms of you, you don't you're you're your own cloud service at that. You're you're doing it inside your house. You're keeping all of that within your own I network. So I do it so nobody, if they steal my computer, I still have my backup. Right, right. But a lot of the things that you get to take advantage of are also things that you would take advantage of if you were paying for a cloud service, including the backups at this point, especially if you're into devices like Apple devices, where your devices are just always being backed up to the cloud. So you don't have to worry about any of this extra stuff. You just pay in a regular subscription fee. Part of my not using cloud is because of my Colorado location. It's so remote, we don't even get mail delivery. So I've lived with not having things. You know, mail delivery in, in UPS, FedEx will deliver to the PO box. But you ought to try explaining that to somebody in New York City who has no clue about remote western parts of this, uh, this country. Sure. David, where are you in Colorado? <clears throat> yeah, I lived in Evergreen for 12 years. Ah, so did I, I in High Wine Country Club. Neighbors. We were known right. as the house with no roof because when we built it back in whatever it was, 71 on High Wine Drive as you came up from the county shops, uh, we had the front had these and those peel box. There were lots of names. After other people started using that style of architecture, we became the house with the people. And that was because my father had carved some Swedish trolls and we put them on top of that beam and they were about three foot high wooden trolls carved out of an old telephone pole. <laughs> I live in High One Hill. <laughs> no, in High One Country Club itself. No, High One Hill. My daughter. <clears throat> High One Hills. Yep. My daughter, number three, lives up in Cedarville, California, which is way which is six miles from Nevada, 30 miles from Oregon. And um, if she's getting a package from UPS, he drives to the school where she teaches and puts the package in her car. <laughs> oh, yeah. Small town world still exists. Well, well, actually, that's a service well, that Amazon... Yeah, go ahead, Paul. I'm sorry. But when we, when we go have a package to go through UPS, they say, <clears throat> we'll send it to Reading, but there's nothing, there's no delivery to Cedar and we say, yes, there is. There is a Cedarville delivery. Please uh, forward it to Cedarville. But um, anyway, her the graduating class at her high school is usually seven or eight kids. That's a small class. Colorado also had another interesting thing. We were legally part of near Fraser. It was pretty close, but it was like you had to drive three or four miles one direction, then three or four miles back and around to get there. So on that three or four miles, we were close to another post office. So we actually could choose our post office. If we wanted publicity, we used Woodard Park. If we wanted the one we went most in a way convenient and closest was Tabernash. Actuality, we chose, we used Fraser because we typically always do shopping. For the rest of you people, you have to understand, even today, that and the west entrance to Rocky Mountain National Park. Right, okay. What's the altitude? Um, our house was at 8,600. The house I owned before that in Conifer was up at 9,600. If no one has anything, I have a couple of items. Oh, please, Chester, go ahead. I'm fighting with my own issues over here. I wish I was joining in, but please continue. Well, enough is has to do with uh, Out Outlook, uh, Microsoft Word's Outlook, where I receive daily emails and then file them or get rid of them. But uh, 
I'm having a problem that, for example, I will want to uh, delete an email and it takes maybe three or four minutes to get it done. So it, it's, it's running at molasses speed and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of emails in the program because I've, I delete them as I go or save them. And, and so I just can't figure out why everything is running so slowly.
it is very adult, but it is also very well backed up and substantiated. Uh, it's the laptop from hell. The laptop from hell. It's Hunter okay. Biden's laptop. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh it... and I got I downloaded it from Amazon. Go ahead, Chester. Oh, I, I just wanted to mention that. Uh, I'm going to add it to our book list. It's a book, uh, right? <laughs> it, it is a book, and but it can also be very politically con uh, controversial. But you're going to hear more and more about this as we go forward month to month. Well, you know, a good compliment to that might be a Today Explained uh, podcast episode that was all about the Hunter Biden laptop. And I was caught completely off guard by how... Um, What's a good adjective for describing this stuff? Shock. <laughs> yeah, it was shock. Yeah, from my own. But but just just um um oh gosh, all my words evade me at the moment. The I would call it shocking. Gr gr gratuitous. The gratuitous nature at which Hunter Biden was living his life, his his home life, and I mean, it's just amazing. I'd be very curious to read this book you're talking about after listening to that podcast. I had no idea any of that was going on. I knew he, I, I knew Biden had a son that had an addiction problem, but uh, I had no idea that uh, how how deep well, into that has the addiction problem. Yeah, that's who we're talking about, right? That's the laptop. Was Hunter's laptop. And so, so I, I just, I never gave an, a, any real thought to the the ba laptop background. It looks like we are being timed in this meeting, and we will end our call in uh, in ten minutes. And so, we need to be ready to start up the next meet. Um, did Did you hear my my uh, issue that I brought up concerning the slowness in Outlook? I only caught part of it. I'm sorry. I end up getting disconnected. The, the issue is, is that my, uh, you know, I have Office 365. Yes. And, and recently I'm having difficulty either deleting or switching from one email to another, taking way too much time, anywhere from, I would say, uh, half a minute to uh, a minute to uh, wait for this uh, program to, to finish. Chester, I, it is the program. Just verify for me. You're not feeling slowness in the rest of your computer while you're doing this. No, no, it's not. It's only in this. I'm only in this program, and it has nothing to do with the internet because I'm moving or deleting existing emails and are are just going from one email to another because it doesn't want to stay up with what I'm doing. Right. I could actually sometimes go get a cup of coffee and be back before it finishes. It's what it's doing. It may be that sometime this, this week uh, you can get on my computer and figure it out. I still have the program that we uh, installed concerning your, your interfacing with my computer. Oh, sure. No, I'd be happy to look at it. I think the first suggestion I would make, though, is if you go into Add, Remove Programs, you'll find Office listed there. Oh, look at that. Mom and Dad got to go. All right, guys. <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs> The uh, the I I would I would let it do the repair. Later. You know, see ya. When you go into the ad remove programs, you pull up Office. You'll be uh, offered the done? option to repair your installation. 
everything's frozen I, I, up I'm on sorry, me again. You were broken up on that. Yeah, I'm sorry, Chester. I I don't know why I'm having such problems. I'm realizing that I have an inflated battery on my computer. I think maybe it's causing my computer to have issues. I only discovered it the other day. But what if uh, you turned off the camera and just use the voice. Yeah, let me. Uh, I don't know if that's gonna. I've got. All right. So uh, what I was suggesting. Oh, geez. What is all of this? What I what I was suggesting is that you could use the integrated repair feature and try repairing the uh, the Outlook program, the Office program. If you go into Add, Remove Programs and bring it up. Paul, is that you? There's a lot of extra noise coming across here, and I see your audio going off. I'm going to mute your microphone. Some scratching or something. But that's one suggestion that I think is a fairly simple one for, for folks to use is that if a program is acting uh, incorrectly, especially Microsoft software, not all software has a repair feature. But when you go to the uninstall, it'll offer it up as a repair feature. It'll ask if you want to repair or uninstall the software. And you might want to just do that and make sure you've got all your updates as well and then come back and see if you have the same problem your uh, and i can help you do any of that kind of stuff chester the i also i probably check the hard drive i it may feel like it's in outlook but it might be a hard drive problem if uh if uh it is you could do a scan of the hard drive and it should tell you whether it's had a problem or not and it doesn't hurt anything to scan the hard drive uh I'll now do that. thank you yeah off the top of my head i can the only other thing that um i might want to want to try um uh, would be um, rem because your email is your email. In fact, this is the question: Is your email IMAP or is it POP? Are, are you aware of? No, my email is well. Of course, I'm on an IMAP. My email is Cox. Right, but and the it's not, style it's not downloading or uploading. Yeah, the style that you do email. Are you connecting to a POP three server or you're connecting to an IMAP server? Outlook supports both. When you go to Cox, Cox supports both. And and if it's an IMAP, then what you're doing is you're synchronizing a copy on your computer that exists on their server. Whereas if you're doing pop email, what you're doing is downloading a copy to store on your computer from their server. It's a it's a slight distinction. When you're doing IMAP, if you delete something on your computer, then it needs to synchronize with the other side, with, the, with their server. If you move something into a folder, they need to do the same thing over on the the server when you do pop mail and pop mail is an older style of email server yeah so so it could be that something as simple as just disconfiguring your email and reconfiguring it would would fix the problem as well especially if you're using imap that in terms of imap that might be a solution is just remove the email account and then put it back in so there's a couple of things there chester i can help you with any of them if you'd like good Where's our time? Um, we are on the countdown. If we click on the blue button, it should tell us how much we have left. We have less than three minutes. We could move over to the uh, new meeting now if you guys want to get a jump on it. I've already brought it up, and I'm getting into it right now. I think we're going to have to say goodbye. Aww. We're having a really hard time hearing everybody. So we're, uh, we're, we're moving to downtown Vegas for two nights, and then we're on the road. And by next Tuesday, 
Wednesday, we will be in our home in Alberta. So we'll All check right. in with everybody then. Well, we look forward to that show. Do you think you're having problems because of my problems? Or do you, are we all having some problems here in each other? Thank you. <laughs> I hope that's yeah. the case. I, I, wonder, I wonder if we're not having a Google Meet problem. Well, it, it seems to be coming from your end, but it's a little frustrating. <laughs> so we hear you, and then we hear you again, and then sometimes we hear you a third time. So Wow, that's crazy. All right, well, Cheryl, you guys have a good trip, and we'll check in with you when you're back in Canada. We're all joining in to this other okay. meeting now. And, Paul, I did tell Bill that you were in. Uh... <laughs> you guys take care. Bye, Cheryl. Well, is it just the three of us now? <laughs> it looks that way. I guess so. Well, well I, I was biomanagement question. Okay, go right ahead, Paul. Biomanagement. <clears throat> so it used to be if I was copying a bunch of photographs from my uh, chip that normally is in my camera, I put it in the side of the computer and I go to the partition and I, I find the list by date of the, the pictures I want. And I would address the first one, the top one, hold down the shift key and go to the bottom and press that. And it would address all of them in between. Now it doesn't do that. So I guess. Uh, what program are you using? With one of the updates, one of the updates. Uh, this is just. Uh, the file uh, manager. Microsoft. That doesn't yeah, sound right. Microsoft. That should still work. Well, anyway, what I have to do is click each one, maybe a hundred of them. <laughs> well, so and if, if I'm a little sloppy, if I'm a little sloppy and I go outside of the box, it deletes all the ones. It doesn't delete them, but it you lose your selection. Addressing all the ones above. You know yeah, what? Right. Every everything you're describing sounds more like one of your buttons isn't working right. Well, I I could use the other shift, I guess. I would I would test anyway, with that because what you're describing when you have to click one by one in individually is when you hold the control yeah. button down when you hold the control button down well, yeah but you, you shouldn't be getting that behavior from the shift however those two buttons are located close together on the keyboard and so if you're having well, a button problem you might be bleeding one into the other no well the, the shift always worked i've tried the shift the control mm -hmm. the function the tab so, and none of them none right. do it so. well i'm going to tell you specifically the way that it's supposed to work is that you click on something, hold the shift button, and click down the list, and everything between the first and the last gets selected. When you hold That's down the I've... when you hold down the control button, you click individually selecting items. And what right. you're reporting is that when you hold down the shift button, you can only individually select. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, doesn't that, doesn't. That fill. sounds like a hardware problem, Paul. Okay, I'll try the other shift button. Um, but then, while I was waiting to talk about it, I thought, well, what if I did a search on the date, and then it would just select the ones that I want. Yeah, that um, that you can modify a search so that it's based on date. So you could do that in that folder using using Windows up in the, the search settings there. Yeah, I'll try that. I'll try more at the, things. At the very least, you could organize by clicking on the date header. You could organize all your files by date and then scroll down to the period of time you're looking for. I even tried holding my tongue in the corner of my mouth. Didn't yeah, <laughs> that's effective. <laughs>
I had a I had a fellow worker that used to do that. If he was screwing in a screw or something like that, it had that tongue sticking out. <laughs> There's also the other old saying that if you have a problem with with something mechanical, take a, a hammer and tap it. A right. technical tap. <laughs> well, in the old days, so I've been retired for 22 years. But in the old days, I, our computers were pretty slow. At work. I was thinking of marketing a hand crank that would attach by suction to the side of the monitor. And so while you were waiting, you could turn that crank. Right. (laughs) Now it doesn't doesn't matter. (laughs) Good old ingenuity. Well, you know, that's that's almost that's the reason we have uh, progress bars when we're installing things or we're waiting for things to download is that mentality we have. We need this constant feedback. Otherwise, we think something's not working. And we learned really early in computers that you couldn't just let somebody sit in front of a prompt waiting until it's done. They had to have some kind of feedback. I like your crank because at least you feel like you're doing something. Well, I have to apologize again for the kind of technical problems I've been having. It's really left me feeling like I haven't been much of the part of the discussion today. I think I'm going to have to just use a different computer next week and see if I get better results. There's just something wrong with this right now. Um, yeah, computer is just... I'll be interested in knowing what happened. Yeah, I, I think I'm... I, th- I noticed just the other day that the, the battery in my laptop is inflated. And the reason I know that is because it's pushed the trackpad off the surface of the of the laptop. It's it's blowing up like a balloon and, and pushed the... And I, I wasn't aware of that being an issue with this model until the last time I had to replace the battery. And I and as we're speaking now, I'm realizing, oh, and I had all kinds of problems with the laptop during that time period until I realized the battery needed to be replaced. Well, that's I'm in the same shape again. One of the things about batteries that's really important to keep in mind is the temperature damages them. And so when you've got an ultra book like I do here, the um, when you crank it up and it starts getting hot, well, there's a temperature level level at some point where that starts really doing damage to the battery itself. And I think this model is that I'll replace this battery again. It'll be the third time I've replaced the battery in five years, oh. which is that's not really if you smell smoke. Turn it off. Right. Right. <laughs> well, and because the, the the other thing that's scary is it's that lithium ion. Right. So the trackpad is pushed up. You have to use more force to use. I mean, I'm typically on a keyboard and a mouse because I have it plugged into my area here, my office. I seldom have it out in the wild. But you have to press with enough force that you ought to be concerned you're going to damage the battery underneath it. And if you da- that's when you start getting smoke and fire, is when you damage the battery. <laughs> in fact, I know what my project might be for today. Go ahead, Chester. Or you- I wouldn't leave the house with it plugged in. Yeah, well, I'm realizing maybe my project for today is pulling the battery out. I've got a new battery sitting in Arizona waiting for me, but I may just, just to get get through, I may just pull, pull it apart today or tomorrow and pull the battery out just because everything should mellow out after that's Because what it's doing is it's warping the motherboard and it's causing, it's causing, it's, ah, if only I was made of money, I would just go buy another computer. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> take, take the battery out of your trailer, put it in your yard or something. Right. Right. You know, we have already twice, I hope they do it again, um, done a recycling drive in the, here in San Carlos with the Commissario. And I have not seen the new date, but it seems like they were talking about doing
doing it every month. I suspect it might be every three months, but they have bins out in the uh, where the uh, cantina is, the Bartina, they, in that parking lot. And they will they'll, they'll group and they'll take anything. And I batteries, they'll take uh, old equipment, old computers, stuff like that, anything you're trying to get rid of. So we now keep an e-waste box here in the office and just toss it. <laughs> Uh, I had some topics that uh, we never got to, uh, but what might be more interesting is what do you guys think of Elon Musk buying Twitter? <laughs> Have you been following this? What in the... What say in God the... bless him. <laughs> Are you on Twitter, Chester? No, I've never been on Twitter and don't plan to be. Yeah. That's not my thing. But I'm, I think he's doing the right thing, and, and he's getting an awful lot of attention. He maybe maybe get some backlash on it, but I think it's good. That's my opinion. Yeah. the uh, It's interesting because what we haven't had before is some public um, – a, a public square to share to share information to have to have conversations and we've never actually had that because all these services are actually private services and so that's definitely what he's pushing as the idea is that that it would be free speech for all which isn't a bad idea i, I it makes me wonder if maybe we're not supposed to have a government sponsored version of that a place where you can go you can go in and scream because that's what people do on Twitter. I've been screaming on Twitter all week because my luggage still hasn't showed up. And uh, Microsoft, in fact, this is a topic we actually should should be mentioning. I my my family and I have a subscription service with Microsoft. It's not Office. It's actually uh, with Game Pass, so my kids can play games on their console. And I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but on my older console, I went out looking for a free game because when you have this subscription they uh every every month they have a handful of games that you can just claim for yourself is free and they're advertised right there on their website they they say free with games with gold and that, that's what the program is called we have we have this subscription called ultimate and it includes games with gold and uh so i'm looking on the old console and i see oh there's one free game here I, i'm gonna download it i click on it i start it downloading and it's gonna take forever and i put it out of my mind i don't remember whether i've shared this story yet or not but but i put it out of my mind and i get some notification on my email saying that i just purchased a game and i put that out of my mind because in my mind uh that's the kind of thing i should be getting in fact an example of that would be amazon every time a free app is downloaded from Amazon, I get an email saying I just purchased an application. But that's not really, it, it, if you look at the invoice, it's zero. It just doesn't cost me anything because I'm Amazon Prime and because these apps are free, they're just notifying me that I, I and they call it purchasing, which is very infuriating when you're trying to have a real discussion with Microsoft about them taking money out of my account for a game that they offered to me for free. Like I wouldn't have clicked on it if it hadn't been in front of me as free. And I went back and double checked. I double checked online. I double checked in the console. I've got screenshots that all show that this is offered for free. Not that I need to do that. Microsoft should be able to do that. They should be able to go back to April 11th and see that this game was being offered for free and that why would I be trying
trying to purchase it when I could get it for free. But I didn't deal with it until we got back from our vacation. And they kept telling me I was asking for a refund. And this is all happening on Twitter. And the only reason I'm on Twitter is because I can't find a place in Microsoft to reject this charge, to refute it, fight it. Because why was I charged $10 for something you offered me for free? Well, another thing that's infuriating about this topic is $10 isn't a lot of money. I, in the end, I really don't care. I'm not worried about $9.99. I am worried that they're not worried about it. I'm worried that they inadvertently took my $10, won't admit to it being their fault, and don't have a mechanism to easily give it back to me. They, they pulled it out of my PayPal account and they should be able to put it back. And what they did tell me is, well, you should use this virtual assistant. And I go to the virtual assistant and I fill it out and they're like, well, you're gonna need phone support. Wait, no, what was it? You're gonna need to follow this link to fill out a request for a refund. Again, I don't feel like this is a refund, but I'll go do that. And so I went to a webpage and I filled out my case for why I should not have been charged this money. And my my response response was, you're denied because you waited too long. Now, this was on the 11th, and I started pursuing getting this $10 back after the 20th. So it hasn't been 30 days. It has barely been two weeks. And their response to me is, I waited too long for my refund. And after that, they just went radio silent. I can't get anyone to talk to me now. Now, to, to reiterate my chain of events, I couldn't find a way to refute the charge in their systems. In my Microsoft account, it would show me my bill, but there was no option there to say, hey, why am I being charged for this? So I couldn't find anywhere in their system to do that, so I went to Twitter. The Twitter guys for representing Microsoft gave me a link to go refute this, uh, to use a virtual assistant, which is not a real person, but it's a computer program. It's an AI designed to try and meet your needs. And then they sent me another link because they sent me the wrong link the first time. And so I, I go to this link and, and I go through the virtual assistant. The virtual assistant comes up with a form that I can fill out to refute this charge. It's not a refute, it's a refund. It's supposed to be a refute. So I fill out the refund. And by the time I've gotten to the refund, they're telling me that it's been too long. Now to add a little bit of, of a annoying spice to this pie, I, I'm complaining about this on Twitter and some Twitter people come up and go, hey, you know what? You should probably just try and call Microsoft. They're pretty good on the phone. And I'm like, well, I didn't even know that was an option. It hadn't been offered to me and I didn't find it anywhere on the website. So this random stranger on Twitter walks me through how to get in touch with Microsoft by phone. It's somewhat similar to Amazon in that you don't call them directly, but you give them a phone number to call and they'll call you back. And so he walks me through it. I end up at the virtual assistant again. However, this time it's a tailored virtual assistant. It's tailored to collecting phone numbers, nothing else. But it's, a, it's, it's obviously the exact same thing, but just for phone numbers. And so it asks me for my phone number and it gives me the option to choose a, a Mexican number, which is what the guys on Twitter said too. When I say the guys, I'm talking about random strangers. They're just helping another stranger out. 
they say, you'll be able to use your Mexican phone number there and they'll call you back. So I, I put in my Mexican phone number, hit call, and it comes back with, uh, sorry, there's a technical problem on our end. Try again. Try again button. I figure I'll hit the try again button and they'll just try my Mexican. No, it brings me right back to asking me for the phone number, which I have to fill out again. And I fill it out with the, uh, the Mexican number again. And it's, we had a technical problem on our end try again so this system isn't working internationally so i've got a u.s number so i put in the u.s number it works i talked to a guy that could easily have been one of the dudes on twitter helping me out for as casual as he talked to me he didn't get any of my information he didn't even try to figure out who i was he basically said oh yeah that sounds messed up what you should do is you should reply to the email that was sent to you which sounds like horseshit to me and i make him reiterate it a couple of times he says re you know reply to that email that says that you you've waited too long it will force them to reopen the case and somebody will contact and okay so i go and do that and just nothing it goes off into the ether it's not a reject you know when you have these generated emails you you'd expect to get a reject message going this isn't a message you can reply to but it didn't do any of that it just took off and disappeared I got no response. I got no phone call back. I got nothing. And I, I'm starting to get a bit irate on Twitter. And this is the reason that I think that they've gone radio silent. First reason is they gave me my answer. So I should shut up. The second reason is because I started outright uh, accusing them of stealing money. And, and why would they have a system in place to steal money? If, if it's theft, then it doesn't matter how long I wait. I can still claim to get my money back. And I think because I used the the word stole, they decided they don't have to talk to me anymore because I cannot raise any attention any longer. They are done with me. <laughs> that is my Microsoft Twitter story. And I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's right. I have. I think I've used the wrong language, and they're punishing me now. I think I hurt their feelings. Oh, I also said said I, I yeah. I mean, I got pretty upset. I I I said, look, to to be clear, I don't care about nine ninety nine. I care that you don't care about nine ninety nine. I care that you don't have a button you can press to give me the money back. I care that you don't. You're not able to. Well, I didn't say all that, but. <laughs> But that was the whole point, was that you took money that you shouldn't have took. It's very easy to 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 verify what I'm saying is true. Why isn't it easy just to give it back? And why do I get this ridiculous answer that I waited too long to get a refund when they took my money? <laughs> Not a refund. You need to fix this. And I think that because I publicly shared all that and accused them of stealing my money, that they're not talking to me anymore. <laughs> you know, Scott, that's that's crazy. It just doesn't make any sense, does it? No. It, and I think it's because of the way that digital goods are treated on the Internet, specifically games. Like, like video games have always been hard to return. They, they, they've classically 
It, it is. It's, it's it's dishonest. And I think that what they've done is they've taken a paradigm from a past practice when you used to go to Best Buy and buy boxed software. Best Buy could always reject returning it if you'd open. So what if you open it and the disk is broken, right? It was always an issue that you, you could return a disk you bought at Best Buy or Circuit City or Computer U- Comp USA. You just had to not blemish the packaging because if it looked like you had opened it, then you, you voided your ability to return it. All of a sudden, you're having to deal with the manufacturer. And so this is always this has been a staple in the way these things have worked in the marketplace. And we moved from this packaging idea to this digital download idea. And now they have these same arcane practices like like, like what they have in place is I accidentally bought it. So within a specific period of time, I should say I accidentally clicked on it and I want my money back. And that's that's what they're applying to me. They're applying that kind of logic to what has happened here. When it is, I, I intentionally clicked on it. I intentionally downloaded. It was their marketing that had me do that, and the, and I didn't expect to be paying anything, and so I wasn't even looking for a charge anywhere. And it was only later that I became aware of it. None of that should matter. They should just have a button to give me my money back because it's such an obvious flaw, flaw in the way they're doing business and what really burns me to add to it after all of this we're still subscribers we're i'm not canceling my subscription i'm not going to get mad and and run off because they offer us value that my my children and i really appreciate we want those games we want access to that service so i'm a good customer and they charged me for they they didn't even check to see if i was going to still be a subscriber they know they know. They just went ahead and pulled that money out of my PayPal account a couple days later. I I can't afford to stand on a soapbox because I need that service for my family. It's silly to say I need a digital service, but that's really the context that we're at with this stuff. Is I need that for my family. It matters to my family. So I'm going to eat $10. And again, I don't care about the $10. I care that they don't care. <laughs> that They're just happy as can be to take it. <laughs> they're happy to blame some stupid rule for why they don't have to give it back to me. And I'm not ready to let it go yet. So I'm not sure quite how bad I'm going to get on Twitter. But when they talk about Twitter being a cesspool, this is the reason, because it's the only place you can scream out at the world of injustices that are happening. I'm sorry, Jim, you were going to say something? Can you do anything on Facebook? Do they have a Facebook page where if you post something critical, somebody from the company is monitoring it and gets back to you so it doesn't uh, look like bad publicity for them? Well, I mean, that's essentially what's happening. It's it's a distinction. Distinction without a difference, right? It's it's the same kind of idea. I the I could go to Facebook. The um, and you know one good point to be brought up out of that. Bye, Chester. I'm sorry to whittle us out of here like this. <laughs> but but I uh, a good point to be made with the Facebook suggestion is everyone on Facebook is expected to be themselves. And on tw- on Twitter, I'm cyberpunk. That's my handle. And right. if you were to spend a lot of time researching me, you'd figure out I'm Scott Stimps and you'd find out that I'm involved in the computer club. You'd, but you'd 
have to spend some time just Sherlocking that because I haven't just announced myself as Scott Stimson to that to that Twitter account. And so maybe maybe it could go either way. Maybe I do it on Facebook. They know exactly who I am. And that matters to them because I'm a real person ready to take responsibility and they're still treating me poorly and that looks bad on Facebook. Or they know exactly who I am and it affects every decision they make with me from here into the future. <laughs> Something wrong with that picture. I don't know, my friend. That's, uh, that is a mess. It is a mess. And what? And you're right. They should care. Back, I was going to say, it, it, in, in under more normal circumstances, whatever that may mean, um, it has been my experience that generally at some level in an organization, somebody cares. You may have to get all the way up to the CEO's office, but somebody cares. But in this particular case, they may not. It's it's <laughs> may not. Well, and to finish off, I you, as a Twitter topic, I've been trying to get my luggage back from last last week when we went on our trip. We came back Sunday, and my bag was the only bag that didn't show up. And the, the uh, we stayed there at the airport in Hermosillo and filled out the claim form. The form they gave us said we had to wait 24 hours, and we would hear back from them. This is Valeris Air, and uh, it, we waited 24 hours, and we contacted them to find out nobody up uploaded any of that information into their systems so there was no record of my lost luggage except for the copy i had in my hand of the carbon copy they filled out at the airport and so at this point they're having me do the report i i have to go to the website i have to fill out all that information and so i fill out the report and then i get on twitter start asking for help they asked me they, well actually at first they didn't do anything I, at first i'm like hey Valeris, I need to find out about my bag. You guys didn't upload it to the database. What do I do now? I, I, it's in there. I, I published the, the report incident number that was sent to me because I need. we're already 24 hours behind schedule, right? It's already right. a day lost with nobody knowing it's being looked for, right? <laughs> and so now I've gotten to know their reporting system, which I shouldn't have to know, but I do. I've uploaded photos of the paperwork that I was given. I, I They asked me to go find a picture of my bag so they could send it out to all their satellite places with a description of what's in the bag. And the doc my bag is fully documented. It has my name on it. It has stickers all over it for the... For the, because they give you the ticket and they give you like four different stickers and it's on each side of this bag. I couldn't even remember the name brand of my bag, but I spent like 40 minutes on Google looking through luggage and and identified my bag. I mean, the name manufacturer, I found an exact copy picture of my bag, sent it all to them. And my experience with Valeris Air has been the only time they have replied to me is when I've brought this conversation into the global conversation. It's the only time I've gotten any kind of real feedback from them. There is, I, I would call them again on the phone, but that didn't matter. That, that Nobody was, they're like, yeah, go fill out the report. And now they're supposed to let that go three days and then they're supposed to approach with me with some insurance money it's written right in their paperwork they're supposed to give me like a thousand pesos or 80 us dollars i don't suppose i get to choose but it doesn't matter because nobody's contacted me there's there's been been nothing from them 
And on Twitter, I go, all right, here we are. It's been a week. And like every couple of days I've gone, hey, what's what's happening today with my lost luggage? And they're like, oh, we haven't gotten any reports back from any of our. So we don't we, we don't have anything to tell you yet. But as soon as we do, we'll let you know as quickly as we can. And there, what I've learned from Valeris Air is I'm not going to check a bag ever again with them because <laughs> they don't know yeah, where any of this sad. stuff is. And it's one that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. They there's been it's nobody. I have not had one phone call. I haven't talked to a person except for when I called their Mexico City number and talked to the person that told me I had to go fill out my own report online. And and still nothing. happened. Yeah. Nothing's happened. They've got they've got all the information. But what they've got is a lost bag issue. And I suspect it was stolen at some point and they don't have it. But they've got lousy security. They've got lousy checks and balances. I, I wasn't the only one that lost a bag that day. There was two other people that their luggage didn't show up either. And one of them had two bags. So there's at least four bags that went missing that day. And that's what it sounds like. Somebody walked in, grabbed four bags, and walked out. Yeah. Or two people walked in. Yeah. But there is no, I mean, if they if they feel like they're on the hook for a thousand pesos, there's no incentive to help me find my bag. <laughs> in fact, I've, I've done a week's worth of communicating with these people to not have a thousand dollar, a thousand pesos offered to me. Right. That offer still yeah. has not happened. <laughs> I, I suspect I'll never see that money, though it's like the video game. I don't care about the thousand pesos. I care that you guys don't care that my bag is lost. Exactly. And that's the thing that drives me nuts today. Yeah. You know, more and more, these institutions and these organizations simply don't care. Yeah. It's just too much trouble. Yeah, it feels it feels like a lot of the thinking that's going on right now is is like a numbers game. And it's like unless there's a movement behind what's being I could imagine if a Kim Kardashian started bitching about her bag being lost, it would be found. But me with 200 yeah. followers yeah. and nobody knowing who I am, I, I got no weight behind me. Nobody cares. No. Well, Jim, it's Can good we, to finish no. the, the meeting with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we could. I'm glad we could. <laughs> and we'll plan By the on way, it. If we, when we start back in September, uh, are you still planning to go back to the old uh, 9 o'clock, 9 to 10, instead of 10 to 11? You know, we should talk I about it because you told me that. I'm yeah, sorry, I, 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 I actually don't have a good plan for that. So we should really get a consensus on who it matters to, whether we go back to that or not. We've, uh, we've talked about a lot of different things, and they've never happened. We never, we never started at the first of the year. We never started in March. Now we're waiting until right. the first, the first Tuesday in October. So the format is up in the, up in the air right now. The only thing I'm certain of is I want to try yeah, and continue be, the virtual meetings. That might be a good uh, topic of discussion or at some point see what uh, the preferable time might be. Yeah. What's your vote? Back to an early time or 10 o'clock still? I, I would always prefer the 10 rather than the 9. And okay. Simply, I get up early, but I need uh, a good hour with coffee in the paper before I'm ready to uh, to, to see anybody or talk to anybody. Man, I can relate and to so that. If I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so getting out of here at eight thirty to uh, to go over there or eight forty five, whatever. I I'd rather not. I'd rather wait till uh, an hour later. Okay. That's just me. Well, that's good. If if we were using something like a Twitter for the computer club, I could send out a, a survey and let. <laughs> 
I mean, actually, I do have a Twitter account for the computer club, but nobody in the computer club uses Twitter, so it wouldn't matter. <laughs> but maybe well, on Facebook, know, I, actually, I, I should put it on. Go ahead, Jim. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I use Twitter. I have never posted a tweet, but I follow a lot of people. I follow a lot of news people. I follow uh, uh, a couple of Indian philosophical things. <laughs> well, you know what I'm realizing? Even though surveys are such an easy thing to do on Twitter, they're available on Facebook as well. And that's what I should do is I should set up a Facebook survey on the Computer Club account. There's a lot more of us on Facebook than there is on Twitter. That's probably true. All of us older dudes tend to use Facebook today because that's an easy way to coordinate on what's going on. Uh, whereas Twitter, in my case, it's for me, it's a news feed. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I feel I the same same I way. Tw Twitter, opening up Twitter on most days for me, it's like opening up Google News. It's it's like these are the, these are exactly. the people I follow that I trust as news sources. So what's today's list? That's and exactly then, right. And then the side thing is is scorching the earth with Microsoft and Valeris. <laughs> 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 I, I, I can't help but keep coming back to that because because we do need I, like I couldn't find a way to communicate with Microsoft. All of a sudden I'm communicating with Microsoft. There is some real value in that. And it makes you wonder if we shouldn't that shouldn't be part of our government. That shouldn't be part of our citizenship is the ability to just shout out in the crowd and have people hear you. I, yes. uh, yeah. And I'm not a big Elon Musk fan. And I think that he's got other motives than free speech. I just think that's an easy thing to sell. I think he does too, quite frankly. Hey Fred, we're uh, just we're we're just finishing hey this Fred, up. You're back. You're back. You got any recommendations since there's now three of us? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just be yeah, up. It's it's one of those things. You get in the middle of a meeting and everybody that wants to talk to you or that you need to talk to calls. Right. Yes. So <laughs> it's the Murphy factor. Yeah. So I'm sorry to say I miss uh, all of what's going on. I'll well, hopefully find uh, where to play it again. Yes, please Scott do. Check out the... Oh, I'm sorry, Jim. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You too. Oh, we were just going through my Twitter experiences with my lost luggage, which still hasn't hasn't appeared, and the video game. I, I don't know if you were with me while I was ranting about that, but that's definitely worth checking out on the YouTube in, <laughs> later. Yeah, because... What was that, Fred? I've got a, I got a cruise coming up uh, on the 11th. I'm hoping that you don't lose my luggage. Yeah. Well, don't fly Valeris, or at least don't check your luggage flying on Valeris, because they are unsympathetic. Fred, let me ask let me ask you, I'd be a little concerned about taking cruises uh, still. I know you would have thought that through. What's your feeling? Uh, what makes you feel comfortable? Well, I've had COVID. I've had two boosters and two shots, and I'm yeah. 75. If it happens, it happens. You're... you're you you you've evaluated the risk versus the reward and That's made your decision. Perfect risk reward analysis. Yeah. <laughs> Understood. Well, I got I got a recommendation for you guys, specifically you guys. If you have not checked this out on Amazon Prime, there is a series that we started watching starring uh, Josh uh, Brolin called Outer Range, and it's definitely oh, worth I've watching. Seen that. Uh, is it good? It's very 
good. I you guys know from the past I'm not a big cowboy person and this is my my wife likes cowboys. I like sci-fi. She likes sci-fi as well and it's a really nice combination of modern cowboys dealing with sci-fi stuff happening. It's it's a bit twilight zone, but it's all happening in in ranch country. I won't give it away, but it's definitely up your alley, Jim. Brad, you guys would enjoy I'll it. I'll take a look. I'll take a look. And the other thing Ooh, that I wanted to mention, mine. if you guys haven't been paying attention, I don't know if this has to do with Amazon's deal with MGM, but it feels like every James Bond movie is on Prime now. We have we have just gone through a James Bond marathon. We've we've watched four different James Bond films in the last three days, and it, it, they just keep coming. They're all over Prime. So if you're a James Bond fan, it looks like they're all on Prime right now. All right, and I've got a recommendation. Under normal circumstances, I would not have voiced this, not for the group as a whole, but things are pretty bizarre. Um, but since it's just the three of us, have you seen a show on Netflix called The OA? Oh. Yes, yes. I I didn't follow it, but it's it's got a sci-fi van, uh, slant to it, doesn't it? It is the weirdest thing I ever saw in my life. <laughs> it was fascinating. It was designed to be a five-year program. It had a five-year story on. And uh, I'm sorry, it was Netflix. Yeah, and yeah, Netflix, Netflix pulled the plug after the second year because it got to be too much of a cult following. It felt like it wasn't bringing in new viewers, uh, but simply locking in the uh, the viewers that started that got caught up in the first two or three episodes. Oh, sure. So they canceled. But, Boy, that's a, uh, go ahead. an interesting storyline. First of all, it's about interdimensional travel. Uh, but second of all, it's a couple of kids out of Georgetown University that when they graduated, uh, headed to uh, L.A. They started out as indie filmmakers, and then they got this deal with uh, with Netflix, and they were able to produce uh, a, a big budget series. And it, it's extremely Create. Uh, the writing is the whole thing is on. Well, if you're dealing with interdimensional travel, <laughs> by definition, it's going to be bizarre. Uh, but it, it's something that I found surprised. I found myself being surprised that I got caught up in. Anyway. Well, that sounds like a good recommendation. I'm putting it on my list. Hey, and Fred, did you see Ozark Part 2 is is available now? I've just started watching it. Uh, haven't gotten through, what is it, number eight yet? Oh, okay. I got, got halfway through it, and, you know, something came up, and uh, I'm still halfway through it. Well, well, no spoilers because right, we're only like two episodes into the into the second part, fourth season. What was that, Jim? Well, we never watched Ozark, and oh. yet I've heard such good things about it. I've I've been toying with the idea of just starting it up as a binge. Worthwhile? I'm enjoying it. I yeah. will thoroughly look forward to the second part of uh, this season. The, the the thing that I think is the key with Ozark is you can't yep. find a redeeming character in it. That you go through. <laughs> It really screws with you because you start out feeling like you can relate and empathize with people in this show. And later you learn you can't empathize with any of these people. All these people are terrible people. They, they've all got their own agendas, their own motivations. They've actually, as you get deeper into the series, you learn they've been doing this kind of garbage for a while now. Where Whereas when you start it, you just think, oh, well, look at these normal people in this situation. It's caught up in this odd situation. 
Yeah, and what you really find out is, no, these are the kind of people that end up in these kinds of situations. <laughs> you know, you know those those guys, the ones they make fun of, in they they take videos of in Walmart, and just, like no normal person gets into these situations. And, and these are these are situations oh. on political levels, on drug cartel levels, on. Uh, on gambling levels. I mean, these are really high up levels of crazy crap from people that are not, do not have redeeming qualities. <laughs> very, very entertaining. That's interesting. I will watch it. Yeah. Thank it's you worth that. watching. Okay. Yeah, a- absolutely worth watching. And Jim, was it, did you need to talk to me after this? Is that what we were talking about? Yeah, I, I need, I need some help. Start the meter. <laughs> Okay. Can I give you one recommendation before I go away? Please, sure, Fred. Sure. Uh, okay, I just watched the Philadelphia Experiment again. Oh, oh that's a fun that? movie. Which one? Well, it was made in the eighties. I watched it back okay, in the eighties. Yeah. Yes, this is I the one with. That I, this is the the, uh, the time travel battleship. Yeah. The battleship that disappears and reappears that, somewhere that's else. That's it. Yeah. Well, it I remember. Was, it was. Re- go ahead, Fred. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, you know, it was a fun watch. I enjoyed it anyway. That's how I've been Glad feeling about these that. James mm-hmm. Bond movies. It's a very nostalgic for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember enjoying that movie immensely when I was a kid because I was a kid in the 80s. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a funny anecdote. You remember when I think it was Chester, oh, several months ago, maybe it was you, Fred, uh, was talking about having seen James uh, or John Wayne in The High and the Mighty. Okay. That? All right. Yeah. The reason that struck me is I was would have been 10 years old when that movie came out. I think it was 1954. But I remember the movie very well. Uh, at this point, not a lot of the detail, but I remember the music for some reason. And when Chester mentioned that, I swear I could have hummed the theme music from it right there in the middle of the communi- uh, computer club. Uh-huh. It, uh, it had stayed with me, well, almost 70 years. Well, I'm a John Wayne fan, so I've watched most of John Wayne's stuff. If you get uh, his early days, he was uh, one of the guards in the, uh, what was the name of that? With the Emperor Ming, the series that used to come out that you'd see at the movies. You have yes. to go every week in order to, to... Yes. Who was Ming? What was that? That was... Uh, Buck that was Rogers. Buck, Buck Rogers, right. Buck Rogers. Wow. Yeah. Well, and you John guys Wayne are before me. Guard. <laughs> yeah, he was in it as one of the guards and then you know he didn't get a billing but he, <laughs> you could see him well that's that's, that's way good. before my time <laughs> it's true your time is coming yeah no yes, it's it at, my my kids like to remind me how my time is coming gone <laughs> <laughs> I can't even, I couldn't imagine my kids going to a movie theater for an experience like a triple feature that starts with a cartoon and a newsreel. It's, it's just yeah. been all day. <laughs> well, it, it used to be uh, you'd go Saturday morning and they'd have uh, a series, uh, you know, Buck Rogers or different ones like this, and they went on for 10 weeks. You'd have to go every Saturday morning because you'd miss uh, what was going on and they'd leave you in a lurch, you know. There'd be uh, a cliffhanger. Yeah. What, yeah, my, somebody's hanging on the side of the cliff or whatever, you know, my, and you'd have to go the next week to see how they got out of it. <laughs> I, God, I, I, I was just going to comment. 
my experience with that genre is all what came out of it. The the Steven Spielbergs and 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 the George Lucases that that called back to those kinds of stories when they were making things like Indiana Jones and Star Wars. They're, they're, they they were all modeled after that Flash Gordon kind of kind of way of of telling stories where you're just dumped into a story and something happened before and something will happen later. But this is what's happening right now. <laughs> if I also, remember right, it was uh, 15 cents to go to the Saturday morning movies, something like that. And that was a form of early dating. You know, when we were too young to date, prepubescent sort of stuff. Yeah. But you'd go and all your friends would go and we'd kind of pair up for a while and, you know, hang out together. It was a Saturday morning ritual. Yeah, it was like the mall is nowadays. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think the mall's like that anymore. <laughs> Especially after well, COVID. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. That's very true. I don't know. My granddaughter likes to go to the mall with her cronies. Yeah. Uh huh. So I I don't know of what I speak because I live a strange life in this vacation town that doesn't have a mall for my kids to go hang out at. Not that they have any interest in going to hang out in a mall. That's they would they would be more interested in going to a virtual mall and hanging out like like a Minecraft built or a Roblox built mall. Where where they would meet it's up with coming. their friends. Yeah, well, it's here now. In fact, it's amazing. I hear my my youngest daughter is just verbose in her bedroom, just speaking to people and having conversations like like she's right there with them. And what are they doing? They're they're walking through a Roblox world and they're pointing out different things and making fun of each other and trying on different digital goods. And but you would think that they were in the same room. You walk in there and it's just her having this having this relationship this 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 conversation is she wearing uh, 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 virtual reality goggles be and quiet Jim because she would she would totally I mean Poppy hasn't bought that yet <laughs> but she would totally I do that <laughs> I saw a city uh, bank came out with a, uh, a prognosis yesterday that uh, the metaverse could be a 30 trillion dollar business by uh, 2030 yeah I can't even imagine it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, who know, I, you know, these, these numbers of value are so strange. If you watch, if you watch that series, we crashed, they, it's another recommendation. I recommended a few weeks ago. It's all about the, we oh, work about we, uh, we, we works. works. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's Jared Leto. It's, um, uh, Anne Hathaway. It's completely right. worth watching. But what you get left with is a real good interpretation of the speculative financial devices that startups have turned into and how they quite literally were deciding what their value was on the back of a napkin. They were just making up a number. They were plucking it from the air yes, and yes. throwing it at the investors saying, this is what we're going to be worth. And just on that speculation, they were able to get lines of credit and they were able to spend millions of dollars because of this idea that that their company might be worth that in the future it's it's really interesting that where we are right now in this society we've that explains the internet bubble the dot-com bubbles at the beginning which didn't make sense to me at the time I people like me would sit around with other people like me going they don't do anything they don't produce anything there's nothing why are they worth so much money Uber never made a profit. A Amazon never made a profit. Why are they worth? And it's all using these startups 
as financial vehicles, say the on speculation that, that makes them worth that kind of money. Netflix is finding well, and, this out right now. And in those cases, it was the classic fake it till you make it. Yeah. Um, but some of these, you know, like the cryptocurrencies, I do not understand the cryptocurrencies. I, I understand blockchain, but I don't understand. It, it's more of the same. It's more of the speculative financial devices. But if you, I, I think that's been the biggest, biggest flaw with cryptocurrencies is that it's not, it's not presented to people like that. You should be looking at it like gambling. You should be looking at it like any other speculative financial device that's out there because there is no intrinsic value to it. And actually, it takes a lot of resources to, yeah, to create energy that stuff. Consumer. I got a phone call. I'll see you guys later. Have All right, Fred, one. we'll talk later, if, if not Tuesday. sooner than next Tuesday. Okay. All right. Take care, Fred. See you, Fred. Hey, and Jim, okay, this... This call's about to end. Do you do you want to start up another call? We could go back to our original meet, I'm sure, that yeah, original that. meet code. Uh, basically, I just need help getting my computer to talk to the uh, the printer. You've worked on it, uh, the same computer and printer set up well, back when let, I was in Colorado. You worked on it again when we were down here. I'm just going to set up uh, the original uh, meet, and I'm going to shut point. this down because I need to just sign off on go everything we got here. You. So you look you go to that original meet code click on the original meet okay i'll see you in a bit okay and this is scott stimson from international computer solutions saying if you've got a computer issue out there i've probably got a solution for you get a hold of me scott at internationalcs.net if you've enjoyed this sorry for the technical problems you're definitely more patient than most people uh, check us out. You can go to our website at sccclub.org, and that's where we keep a record of all of these. This will be a podcast sometime in the next seven days, including intros. The intros are fun. They're made up from friends and, and uh, family. The, uh, the In my life, we, they help us write the intro. The intros write themselves, and if you're looking for just a, some cheap entertainment, the first two to three minutes of every podcast episode is actually a conversation with my family and friends that has nothing to do with computer club and i've been told they should be a podcast in themselves maybe someday in the future that will until next week this is scott stimson from international computer solutions saying tech on and don't check your luggage with valeris and be careful buying things that say they're free because microsoft gives you a limited time to claim that they're not anyway adios